0: You know what? Maybe we just don't even need to post this until Friday. You, can just say we have a double- <laughs> you know what? You
1: take you take the day off. You take the night <laughs> off.
0: Beans. My, my video editing monkey. <laughs> beans go make
2: video.
0: Beans post from Spotify. Beans. wrong oh, oh. together. <laughs>
2: beans. Beans, beans.
0: Video do video it. Editing. <laughs> do it for the content, Beans
2: fucking
0: ipad's about to just get obliterated <laughs> <laughs> there it was! we got it folks, very we got him ladies and oh, gentlemen we got him
1: the flyover state sports shows for a mature audience it contains strong language and adult situations we do not own the rights to any audio of the podcast viewer discretion is advised is this on
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flyer State Sports Show. I'm your host, Sam Long, and I'm joined by my three lovely co hosts, Gavin the Turt, Alexander, Beans, Shubal, and The Doge. For those of you not on Living Color, we have a dog today. Beans, would you like to share The Doge's name? This is Molly. Molly looks like she
2: is Hi, stoned Molly.
0: out of her fucking
2: mind right now.
1: Gavin, you just met her this weekend. Isn't she a stoned dog all the time?
2: Like, that dog is not present right now, <laughs> that,
0: that dog looks like it, you know, went into a house party and went into the bathroom. We all know what happens when you go to the bathroom and the house party. The crazy thing is... <laughs>
1: She's like wired, like if she's like if there's somebody that walks by the house, she's attention straight to it. But as soon as you start petting her, yeah, the so fucking eyes,
0: eyes <laughs> man, they're all over the place. She's got
1: Bro, she's got that dog in her. Yeah, and then, and then you start petting her, and then it's just like game over. She she quits.
0: Well, gentlemen, I just want to say. Football state, that's all I want to lead off this show with right now is I want to say we'll get we'll go more in depth here, but you know, everyone in the state won this week. K State, KU, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Football state, we're all back. Some say we're good at the Oval Ball. Some would say that, and other states would say that we're not, and that we don't have a brand, but that's because they're pompous East Coast jackasses.
2: That's because they're still wearing masks. (laughs)
0: Hey, just just remember though, every time you hear someone on either coast say Kansas is bad, that's good because then they won't come here.
1: That's true. That's true. So it's a
0: little slice of paradise. Well, gentlemen, we have to start with the biggest news of the weekend. We've been doing split screens on all sorts of college games for this for the last week, week and a half, and it finally happened. Blake Bortles has retired from the NFL.
2: Yeah, wait, beans. You gotta throw some sad music in here for myself, for all of us. All yeah. by I mean, what one could say, and this is like the uh, so other than the be- obvious run. Other than the obvious run to the AFC championship game, the thing of legend, a quarterback that retires with a higher win percentage in the playoffs than Tom Brady.
0: Like Undefeated, right? He was no wait, he wasn't undefeated. Well, they
2: lost in the AFC Championship, But I mean yeah,
0: still I, I kind of just I, uh, erased that from my memory.
2: This um Blake the best thing I can say about Blake as far as like personality, he really was like the Jameis Winston personality in the NFL before Jameis Winston. Like
0: he, were, he was basically like white trash, Jameis Winston. I'll never forget that interview where it was like, what would you be doing if you weren't a quarterback? And it's like, I oh, don't know, like working construction and ripping cigs. It's like, <laughs> okay, yeah, like probably. That's pretty relatable.
2: There's a video of him uh, buying his new house, and she's like, what is the first thing you're going to do when you buy a house? I don't know. Piss. Piss. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The Blake
0: of the I, year, uh, man. Yeah. Yeah, Blake of the year, man. He, Blake of the century, probably. Can you name one better Blake?
2: I, I don't think there's, like, all the other Blakes are just irrelevant. Like, Blake I Mortals. Don't know.
1: Blake, I feel like they, they're tweaked out, man. Like, he's just the most tweaked, you know? He's I the mean, like elitist who's the elitist of the elite Blakes. I, the
0: only Blakes I could think of are uh, Blake Griffin and Blake Shelton. That's Do we it. not have any friends named Blake? Wow, that's no, we did. Wow, what was that, what was that one up. guy's name? He was in my grade, Blake. No. I he literally did. was just thinking of him.
1: I don't, I don't remember a kid Blake named Mark Blake
0: Warren. That's who it was, Blake Warren. I don't remember him. Man, that's a throwback. If you're listening to this, and you remember Blake Warren? Make sure to uh, go to Twitter at underscore underscore f3s. That's underscore underscore f3s for capital F and capital S. Comment hashtag i remember blake warren Get it <laughs> Jesus Christ.
2: but yeah no uh pour one out for blake uh hopefully he can go rip as many sigs work construction and piss as much as he wants now
0: yeah honestly one of the great one of the great all-time quarterbacks and i do want to draw attention as i fumble with my notes on what we're going to next um as much as we you know love to romanticized Blake's time in the NFL. The greatest accomplishment that he made have ever done was beating Baylor in the 2013 Fiesta Bowl. Yep. With UCF. The original UCF big game win. The original UCF undefeated season, if I remember correctly. He really was
2: a trendsetter because Central Florida was not relevant until Blake Bortles went through there. And then all of a sudden, you get a top three pick coming through.
0: Bang. That's. Do you know Brandon Marshall went to Central Florida, too?
1: Nope. Brandon Man, Marshall was a good build. player <laughs> to cool. through that UCF does have, like, some dogs I've gone through there. It, it's, like, there? all the dudes who, like,
0: wash out in the SEC and then, like, kind of just end up there and then, like, just are good because they're late bloomers. Like, it's such a weird dynamic. Yeah. But, um, uh, but like, they had Shaquille Griffin, too, didn't they? Like. Sha- that sounds right, yeah. I, I know they had Shaquem. Gabe Davis went there. Yeah, Gabe Davis to yeah. go to go yep. there. Um wow. so did uh Jacob Harris, Gavin. You remember that?
2: I remember so the it. Jacob Harris face.
0: That's a uh, that's an inside joke between Gavin and I. So, you know, now that we transition from Blake Bortles, and if you can, find the old NFL Instagram post of the it was for the uh AFC and FC title game. It was like one to go. And they're all looking at the Viking Stadium. And it's like Tom Brady is like Case Keenum, Nick Foles, and Blake Bortles. It's like one of the funniest like, photos I've ever seen. Because it's like three just bums and Tom Brady. And Tom Brady still didn't win that Super Bowl. So, fuck him, right? Yep. All right. So, time to get to the actual reason that we were split-screening college football. And the real reason that people now hate baseball even when they already did. Aaron Judge has the seventh most home runs in MLB history passing Roger Maris for the fake record of most home runs in American league history. Yeah. I 62.
2: I need somebody that understands baseball to explain besides the fact that I like, I know who Aaron judge is. So like, I understand he's a superstar and they want to pump up their league and all that stuff. But like, I've never seen so much press around a dude that just like finished reasonably high on a like stat.
0: Yeah. So as as Beans continues to comb for UCF uh, football Nick, players. Dante Culpepper went there. Oh, yeah, shit. He did go there. Yeah. There's a running back who went there, too. I can't remember his name. He wasn't like anything in the NFL, but he was good. I remember seeing it. Latavius Murray went there. No shit. That's not who I was thinking of. Jesus Christ. It, it was like something Smith. He, like, didn't do anything in the NFL, but he won, like, uh, Conference USA, like, Player of the Year or something like that. Anyways. Anyways. We're going down the UCF rabbit hole. They're future Big 12 members. We can do that. Yeah. Um. Basically, what happened is, is back in the day, uh, the NL and the AL, like, only basically played in the World Series. So, like, there was actually two different leagues that came together for, like, one last game, for, like, one last series to determine who was best. So, you start having, like, the NL home run record and the AL home run rec- record because, like, there were two distinct leagues, right? And then you have, like, the overall home run record. So, Roger Maris beat Babe Ruth back in, like, the 60s, I think. He hit, like, 61. Yeah, it was 61. And that was the overall – that was the AL record until yesterday. And it was the MLB record for a long time until it was broken by, like, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and all these other folks. And then eventually Barry Bonds, who hit 73. And so – it became like this nook and cranny thing where it's like, oh, well, it's the American League record and like whatever until like all the steroid stuff happened. And then like all these old heads and baseball purists pretty much just said that, oh, well, that's the real home run record because everyone else who like beat him used steroids. So there are people on this earth that believe that Aaron Judge actually broke the legitimate like home run record. And that's why everyone's like so hype about it. Yeah. And he plays for New York. So, okay.
2: So like the boomers believe that there was just Mickey, a bunch of Mickey mouse home run records set
0: pretty much. And it just so happened that all of them happened in the NL so that like Aaron judge, like could still break it in the AL. Okay. Um, It's a really, it's a really impressive accomplishment. Like obviously like only one other person has hit 61 home runs. In American League history, and only one person in American League history has hit 62. And even when you break it down to, like, dude, you did steroids, the only people who actually broke that were, like, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa. So, it's still impressive as fuck. Right. But it's it's Contravis. Plus, he's a Yankee, so fuck the Yankees.
2: Yep. Um. Ooh.
0: So, congratulations to your Mickey Mouse record, Aaron Judge. Unless we're just talking strictly American League. So, time to su- talk about some real sports, some real action. The future. A sport that people actually care about. Basketball. So, I don't know if you two... Know, I don't know if you guys know.
1: <laughs> what the
0: hell was that,
1: man? <laughs> just fucking phased
0: out. Jumped out, <laughs> didn't give a fuck about basketball. I was going to talk about Victor Wimbanyama, the fucking seven foot four French phenom, and Gavin couldn't give less of two
1: fucks about it. Oh, fuck the French. I think he tried pronouncing the name and his brain cramped. Oh. <laughs> My foot cramped. <laughs> I sent there. you guys a video of how Victor
0: Wimbanyama started the game yesterday against the G League at night, which is the best high school prospects that go to play in the G League instead of college. So these are all dudes who will probably get drafted or looked at by NBA teams at some point. I implore you guys to watch this one-minute clip real quick. I watched Sorry. it. You watched it, Beans. Have you watched it?
1: Yeah, you sent the video and I've seen that one. Yeah. Dude's a freak show. The dude is seven foot, what'd you say? Four? Seven, seven foot dude. four, shoots like Kevin Durant. And he's bringing the ball up the court. Like, what a ball. Yeah,
0: no. Dude is going to cause some shameless tanking in the NBA this season. There will be teams. There are going to be teams to start the season that are going to be playing, got, like, you and me <laughs> this year to, like, try and land this kid.
1: <laughs> Who's the tall guy in this year in the draft? Uh, Chet Holmgren. Uh, Chet imagine- Holmgren, he's out for the season. I know, but could you imagine those two going against each other? Like, Chet Holmgren looks like an alien, and then you got, you know, Wimba. Beans. Beans.
0: But- Beans. Better vision. Okay, she stinks. Have them on the same team. Oh, my slim God. You would towers, have tree baby. trunks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. People have already nicknamed them the Thin Towers or the Slim Towers. Oh,
1: that's that's good.
0: So, it needs to happen. Um, I don't know if it will. But as of right now, look out for Baguette Boy, Victor Wimbanyama. Not even gonna try to spell that. <laughs> All right, another name I'm not gonna try and spell, and I see that you two are dying to talk about any sport that you guys actually know about. So let's talk about
1: Tua Tagovailoa and head injuries. So um, there we go, and there we go. The I'm memes, the memes were hilarious, but I, I mean, I'm. So, shitty situation. Memes were hilarious. Shitty situation. Memes are always hilarious. A- agreed. Shitty situation. Again, let's
2: direct the blame at the right place here, folks. If the NFL is really shitty, the NFL employs a doctor who's a medical professional. The doctor is really shitty. The NFL took a medical professional's advice and did what they thought should be done based on a professional. Should they have used their own judgment? Yes. But at the same time, we're telling the NFL to m- make their own judge- judgment against a doctor's diagnosis. So,
1: Is, is they is actually fire that doctor? Like, yes, he
2: is I fired. I saw, yeah, I thought He is fired. Yeah, he is
1: the gone. neuros, the third-party neuro guy that determines all that stuff is canned. Could all right. I could it just come from a worse organization, like PR-wise?
2: Oh, fuck yeah, the doctor was racist. We figured it out. That's what this meant. Let's go. And he tried to contact Brady when he was under contract. Oh, my God. The doctor, he did all of it.
0: Miami's got to have one of the worst PR seasons of all time. Yeah. The poor bastards running the social media account. They probably have fucking, like, suicidal thoughts right now. Like,
2: literally, Tua having a noodle and, like, consistently underthrowing Tyreek just, like, all the time is like a non-story because they have so much other shitty PR around the rest of their team that nobody well, cares that, to make fun of they have,
0: uh, Teddy Bridgewater and his noodle so they can he can under
1: third Tyreek there
2: yeah or uh Skyler and his noodle but-
1: I was gonna say Teddy Bridgewater's got like four plays left in him before he gets hurt and then Skyler's rolling out there oh my god if Skyler Thompson
0: actually takes significant snaps for the yeah. Dolphins this year I'm gonna just be that's going to be one of the worst takes I've ever had of him being an insurance salesman of
2: ever. I love being talking about there. injuries with uh, Teddy Bridgewater and then just, like, disregarding that the next name he mentioned that was going to stay healthy was Skylar Thompson. So,
0: Dude, what do you do? What if you do if Skylar Thompson gets in there and just knee blows up? Dude, Tyree bro, Kill that's, that's is not playing like quarterback. even quarterback. Bro, that's not even, like, an unlikely thing. Like, I've seen it twice.
2: Yeah, his knee blew up non-contact once so yeah
0: actually
1: you actually practice these things like knees blowing up no no no, well no (laughs) not that (laughs) but you actually practice scenarios where i don't know if every team does it but you actually get into these scenarios where crap our backups hurt our backup backups hurt our backup 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 backups hurt what do we do and you have your emergency quarterback the chiefs guess who it is it's travis kelsey travis kelsey should be
0: Jarek mckinnon by the way absolutely should be McKinnon. Dude, the amount of read option you
1: could run with that would be unreal. But that's just what we would do. Like, why would Wouldn't, with with Travis Kelsey, you would actually have a chance to like throw the ball? Like, I don't feel like threat. that's true though. There's a slim threat. It's like a <laughs> but like minute, but it was a co-
0: college quarterback too, though. That's the, true.
2: The problem is Travis Kelsey would just tell his receivers to run to open space, and then he'll throw it to them, and then they'll score. So
0: I mean, here's it, the thing, right? Like, I understand that Travis Kelsey is – the emergency quarterback, but would you rather use a slightly better emergency quarterback and get rid of an all pro tight end or use a slightly worse emergency quarterback and get rid of like a third down running back
2: at this point, Justin Reed can probably play quarterback too. So why don't we just throw him in there?
1: It doesn't it, make okay. any sense to use Travis Kelsey as the emergency quarterback. Is all I I'm agree with that. Sam on that one. I I am proud back to not to like move us along here, but to go back to the Dolphins here a little bit. Yeah. Like, I am proud of them for saying we fucked up. Tua, uh, take this week off. Like, I, I'm not. <laughs> I, I do not even, even think they, done they done fucked last up. week. I I know, but like for them to see that it, it took. Okay, so when your hand I don't think it like, took any fucking courage at
0: all or anything. I think they. I think everyone saw Tua have, like, a goddamn fencing response on national TV. So So the dog was like, oh, fuck.
1: So my girlfriend Lauren's a nurse. She said as soon as your – she saw the video and instantly, like, almost cried because, like, when your hands go into that, like, clenched – that's your body's natural instinct to protect its vital organs. So he went into, like, actual, like, natural surviving mode after he hit his head. To protect his, like, yeah, because he had organs. second impact syndrome because he had a concussion the week prior. Exactly. And the fact that he's not like eating out of a tube right now is amazing. So I think he should probably take more than just a week off. I'm saying probably like a month. I'm saying a month to a month and a half.
0: Probably should take like a whole fucking uh, year off. Again,
2: I don't want players coming. Coming back. I want concussion protocol when you clear it them to be independent events. I like understand Do you want us
1: to shut down football until we get concussions figured out?
2: No, I'm saying well, yes. essentially. But I want us to or I just want us to admit that we don't understand concussions.
1: That okay, I can agree with that.
2: Like if we if we don't admit that, then like we are saying that okay, we are releasing this player and the next concussion is an independent event. Because, like, it's just its own thing. You are completely recovered. No player should be fe- taking the field when they are still experiencing or have any symptoms from the last concussion. That's just fucking but logic. We, we talked.
1: So I texted you guys this right after, like, this happened. As a player, though, like, so Tua has that first injury, okay? Like, the first natural hit where everybody he collapses and stuff. A player wants to get back into it. When it happened to me, it happens to every every player, college, high school, junior high, Pee Wee. They get a head injury. They're like, I don't care. I want to go back. I want to go back. I want to go back. It's like a high to them. Like, I want to go back. I want to go back. So Tua is only like a third of that say in that situation of him saying. You should have no I say. Don't give, exactly. But him saying like, I don't give a shit if my I'm freaking tweaking out here. I want to go back. I need to go back in there. And a coach saying, yeah, that's fine. That's a third of it. And then the doctor saying, "No, that's not okay. That's only there's only a third of each section to it." That's not how the protocol should work, though. That's like
2: by like definition, the NFL. It is a like yes, no, pass, fail from the doctor, and like football decisions are made after that. This is the doctor. Let's do the
1: let's do the concussion test. Where are you at?
2: Oh, okay. But then (laughs) again, (laughs) follow
1: follow my finger.
2: We're we're getting to the point where like if that's we pay doctors millions of dollars to wave their finger in front of a football player's ass, looking my, and my, flash so Look my flashlight, and then call themselves fucking like smart, and they need millions of dollars because a homeless man can't hold up fingers.
1: So oh, you know, if your pupils are di- your pupils are dilated. We're good.
2: Yeah. If we You're gave new, a homeless person, engineers. yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'm with you, beans. Like, but there's there's two there's two things here. Either we admit that we don't understand them. Or like we move forward with the information that we have and accept that I, the officers are gods.
1: I so. just want to know if Tua like pushed to go back in there. If he ever had It doesn't matter that. if he does. I know it doesn't matter, but like the NFL people need to hear that though. The players are also the determining factor. It's not just a solid neuro, whatever the fuck his name is. The players also determine this. It's
0: you know, you know you know what also is getting lost in this? Didn't the NFL like do that independent report? And then, like, they said nothing, like, wrong happened. And then, like, they fired the doctor after the fact. Yeah, no,
1: exactly. Yeah. I mean, like I saw that.
2: The, I I guess I don't know what the NFL's investigation found, but I know that the reasoning that the Dolphins were, uh, like, fired him was because they had investigated or there was some form of an investigation that found, quote, multiple wrongdoings in his process. The,
0: the investigation well, okay. was saying, I mean, dude, we got to let you talk. Like, what I'm saying is, is, like, if the NFL did an investigation and then, like, they didn't do, like, have any action to it, it's one of two things. Either the NFL did a fake investigation or, like, their policy is so poorly written that, like, you can
1: just skirt around. I mean, if we don't understand concussions— so like I, I don't know which one it is. I could, I could understand—if we don't quite comprehend concussions yet, I can see them making the policy, like, very two-sentence-like pass, fail. That's
2: it. Um, that's what it should be right now though. That's, that's my major point. Like we, we don't understand them right now fully. Doctors don't understand near as much as doctors would like you to think that they understand.
1: Could you I, imagine if we were still though in the leather helmet era and we have no, actually, who was it? It was a, Teacher that said, like, you know what, get rid of face masks. People would stop leading with their head and stuff like that. I mean, this wasn't a helmet to helmet situation. God, but Colby keeps telling me that all the fucking time, too. And it's just like, all right, well, you go fucking, like, it run
0: is hard because
1: your face hits a shoulder pad or something, you're eating, like, Dude, he's like, yeah, bro,
0: I played fucking rugby. And I was like, all right, well, that's not the fucking same.
1: You're also playing fucking
0: club rugby at Washburn University. Not going against – no offense, but there are no NFL-level athletes on a fucking rugby pitch in Topeka, Kansas. (laughs) Like, there ain't no fucking Ed Reed's out there. You know, Ed Reed out there going to fucking kick your ass, bad or no bad. So. All, right. all right. Um, right. I'm not even going to transition to this in a clever way. We're going to talk about Tom Brady going through a divorce. I don't like I don't want to talk about this divorce. hits a little close to home. Yep, yeah, I'd rather not talk about this one as well. Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, Sorry,
2: you chose sports and not family. This kind of happens. But sometimes when you choose family, it doesn't matter anyways. So I guess you did what made you happy and good for you, Tom.
0: I would. The only thing I want to say about this. Is in reading online speculation, which is not actual like reporting or anything. Brady read it, but it make this makes sense, right? It would be very hard for me to believe. The more I think about it, that just him coming back for this one season led to the divorce, right? It would like like it could be something where this decision was like the tipping point yeah if that makes sense yes but like there's no way that this decision as a whole was the reason so it's one of two things in my opinion either she's been wanting Tom to retire for fucking years and he's just not been, which I think he just hasn't been because he wanted to stick it to Drew Brees. But that's my opinion. Um, And then this was like the tipping point on that. Or
1: there's something extramarital,
0: which also could be happening.
1: Well, the, so the things that are coming out, like they, they're more funny than they are like conspiracy though but if they were conspiracy that'd be hilarious like Antonio Brown. Is this about AB? Is this like an AB thing? AB and then Zach Wilson's uh, tweet was pretty funny it was like hey Giselle I got you <laughs> that was hilarious. Okay the
0: Zach Wilson one is not like real that's not real news or anything. AB yeah. has a chance of being real
1: I mean the conspiracy theorists though we going berserk <laughs> 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 again I
0: think it is most likely that Giselle has wanted Tom to retire for goddamn forever. Yeah. And I I just wonder when Yeah, that's weird. I don't know why I don't know why he came back.
1: I mean the yeah, other you do you look at you look at Tom Brady though on the sidelines, he looks like a lost puppy. Like he looks like he's lost a part of him. Yes, I understand that. He's going I know, to a and divorce. It, yep. it, and it's like if you are that emotional right there, swallow your pride and go be happy with your family. All right. Last
0: last take on this. What if when he retired, right? Things started going south in the marriage after that, like when he actually started coming back. And then he came back to football. Because he was going through a divorce and it was all he knew. I mean,
2: that's possible.
1: Likely. I, I mean this has been building up. Like I started working was...
2: construction, so I mean that's kind of similar. <laughs> <laughs> and all rip- right. not, not ripping six, though. I didn't take completely Rippin after Blake Bortles.
0: Six. I can't <laughs> believe that the Blake Bortles era like was fully encompassed by Tom Brady. Can you believe could you imagine going back to 2013 or the 2014 draft, I guess it technically would have been, and saying, hey, Blake Bortles is going to retire before Tom Brady does. Do you, like, Christ. doing the math in your head?
2: Yeah. That is like, cr- that is No, crazy. that
0: doesn't make any sense. And then it didn't make any sense, but it just kind of happened. It's just like, oh, I guess. Yeah, Sam doesn't even know Gina how Smith? to go
2: into this next one.
0: Yeah, you want to talk about Geno Smith? <laughs> You wanna trash I, I just want to point out
2: the like we we came on here and talked so much shit on Russell Wilson and have talked less good about Geno Smith and actually like started to give Pete Carroll a little credit because <clears throat> it kind of appears that he hid this like terrible at football asshole that is Russell Wilson, um, but like I don't think we like fully encapsulated what is actually going on here because for years the people just like Pete Carroll's an idiot, let Russ cook all this stuff. Seattle is like bottom in the NFL they put last season they played two and a half games less than the Buffalo Bills in terms of total plays like that was how drastic the difference in like pace of play was for Seattle when they had Russell Wilson right now they're top 10 in pace of play and like I understand their defense is bad their defense wasn't good with Russell Wilson they still like to run the football but like Pete Carroll is literally just like, yeah, Gino, you're fine. Let's just, like, open this game up and go fucking throw and, like, run an offense and try to go win this thing. With Russell Wilson, he literally was more reserved, more held back. One of the quarterbacks just fucking package sent, sent for him a massive contract that he just signed afterwards. It's just kind of incredible, and I just wanted to point that out.
1: Some say Carol, Pete Carroll is an all-time smoke screener.
2: I mean, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. oh my god! Um, never forget, Geno Smith, second round pick, higher draft pedigree than uh, Russell Wilson. Do you nope. think? Do you
1: think uh, Gino hits the trade block here and is hot? No, uh, no, because I don't think anyone's trading for Geno Smith.
0: Yeah, there's no market.
1: I don't. Like what who, about the free who, what about the free agent market at the end of the season? Made
2: yes. That actually probably run. earned himself like a massive backup quarterback. Player.
1: Him and Cooper Rush, man, they're duking it out right now. I told you all about Cooper Rush, and you just wanted yeah, to fucking f- end I don't the,
2: for that. The problem with Cooper Rush is like for all the people that like, oh no, Dak is like obviously better, but then like this is the, like, least amount of weapons and help that Dak has ever had, and Cooper Rush is playing just fine, and Dak played, like, shit once, and we haven't seen him since. So, I, 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 Dak is hurt. still better than Cooper Rush, probably, listen to me, but I, like,
0: I <laughs> I'm completely
2: <laughs> leaving the door open to the fact that Cooper Rush is, like, 95% Dak Prescott.
0: Like uh, Beans, uh, now... Oh, the floor is open to you. You have 30 seconds to, like, slob on Bailey Zappi's knobs. and. See all, right, all right. Thank God. All right.
1: right, it is 30 Bailey. seconds. It is Bailey Zappi season, baby. So, Mac Jones gets hurt. Okay. All right. He comes in. Just ripping it, man. Just that's, absolutely. That's not true. Brian Hoyer got hurt. but. <laughs> hey, that, too. You know, whoever the hell the quarterback is, this is the all-time Tom Brady move right here. Bill Belichick. It's, it's happening all over again it's it's gonna happen uh, that's all i need dude it's zappy season and y'all are gonna eat those words y'all were saying oh i'm so excited
2: i'm glad this is recorded so i can throw that back in bean's face in like a couple <laughs> weeks let's just that's move sam need. he's already ran out of nice things to say yep, for his that, that's
0: 30 seconds right there for anyone who was timing i tried to use my fingers for that but uh, You know, whatever. (laughs) All right, before we go into uh, Kansas college football, we have a couple of things from Kansas high school football. Um, I believe it was Wichita Northwest set a Mm -hmm. record this week for least amount of rushing yards allowed in a game, which happened to be negative 125.
1: Gentlemen, how do you get negative 125 yards rushing? I (laughs) thought that was a typo. I thought it was a typo. I thought they accidentally put the negative in front of it. And I'm like, sacks. maybe? Yeah. Oh, lots of them. Lots what was the of final sacks. score? 81 to 13. Oh, my that's, God. That's the
2: mind-boggling thing to me is they still put up 13. Now, like, I so, get it. It's probably a couple passes and stuff, but.
1: I'll have to go back and look at our, like, so back in 20, it was 2019. We put 90 up on St. Mary uh, when I was at Kansas Wesleyan. They still rest for, like, 25 yards. Like, so it's possible, like, to get positive yards, but to have negative <laughs> is... So, I wonder... It, it's weird. I don't know how...
0: People score differently based off of how where it is. But, like, I wonder how much of it is sack yardage. Yeah. Because I know that some I'd people like score watch the sack. Film. Some of... I... I know some people will score sack yardage as negative passing yards, which is fucking stupid. The, the NFL way. does. Yeah, still fucking stupid. Don't understand why that's a thing. Um, excuse me.
2: I think you should just have sack yardage like accumulated like own. penalties, essentially. Like I think it should be its own category. I
0: don't know why it's just not sack yardage. You can just <laughs> yeah, say make it its own category. Yeah, like I don't know yeah. why we have to assign it to rushing or passing yards. Just Oh, yeah. Minus like 60 yards on sacks on like eight sacks. It's like, OK, there yeah. you go. And guess
1: Whatever. what? An analysis will either combine them to one or the other. Make them determine it.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, it's its own thing. I personally would take it out of rushing yards because you didn't throw the ball. You intended to because th- cause, like that's the thing, right, is if you get like sacked, like as you're rolling out, then like. It's like more of a rush than a pass anyways. What's the difference between being in the pocket and like getting sacked and like tucking and running and like stepping out of bounds, like two yards behind the line of scrimmage, whatever. doesn't matter.
1: Question. Yeah. Was this defensive coordinator for Wichita Northwest bringing all 11 or were they bringing three? Which one well, was it?
2: They weren't bringing all 11 because they still somehow put up 13 and you just would have like hit on more passes than that. My question is, at like, and this is my thing with like being like overweight in America and stuff too. At the point when you're like at negative 75 yards, like what makes you just like not change what you're doing or like negative 100? Like, again, like when I'm watching the show, like my 600 pound life, what never gets talked about <laughs> is the 500 pound point or the 450. When you just like made the conscious decision, like no, this is okay. And then you hit 600, and it's like, okay, I need a TV show now for help. Like 490 or 599, like I could handle. But this, this is bullshit. It and
1: took I, the 120 I, more for him to change his mind, and he lost five yards on it still. Yeah, I,
2: I, <laughs> I, I don't understand,
0: but I genuinely just don't know at what point, like
2: punt on first down,
0: dude. Like at some point it's just like bro you got to like just run this fucking clock out with like running back ISOs. Like you, you could have like just go, it the entire game. Just go game. fucking Would you even have enough plays to like rush for negative 125 you just needed every play? Like genuinely so. speaking. It depends like if you weren't
2: in hurry up offense doing it probably.
0: Well yeah, if you if the intent was just to bleed out the clock. I mean it depends on how fast the other team scores. Mm-hmm. They put up 83. They were scoring pretty fast. But they
1: they had to, they had to have had a running clock in the second half. Oh, it, I think running clock happens after 35. <laughs> after they 35? had a running clock in the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> 35? I think it's 35 points separation is running clock. Don't both coaches have to agree, though? Uh, maybe. I think both
0: coaches have to agree to the running clock. And they always the- end up doing it because like no one wants to see the kids just get fucking shellacked like in an. Speaking actual of game. teams getting shellacked, <laughs> yeah. Speaking nice. of which, we have so I want to say this right now. We played Nickerson when I was in high school, and you guys played Nickerson when you were in high school. Yep. And when we played them when I was a senior, they were bad. And when you were a junior, they were not as bad. But that, yeah. was also the- that was also the mud bowl. That's a that story was a
1: lot time. of fun.
0: That was a great time. I honestly kind of wish I could have played in that game. That's like the so for, and for me, and this is a little bit of a story time for me, I have like no regrets about not playing high school, like playing football, like after I graduated, because my head started hurt, like, you know, head mm-hmm. injuries. Yeah. Didn't necessarily want any more, any of that, but I wish I could have laced up one more time playing that game. Cause that did look like a ton of fun.
1: But anyway, so that, that they- was, no, hold on. That was the game that determined will me go getting turf or not. I am will stand on that hill. I probably did, because I bet you it was a pain in the ass to clean up afterwards. It was concrete that next game, because it was we were home that next game. And that field was just hard as hard as a rock. Yeah, I bet it fucking was. Didn't you?
0: That was when you played uh, Clearwater, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you guys had that crazy comeback. I remember sitting in the stands for that.
1: Mm-hmm. We came and back from like 21.
0: Fucking... Huh? Yeah, we we came back from 21. Yeah, I do remember that. That was crazy. And then you guys got your fucking domes beat in we don't, by fucking Holcomb. Hey, hey. 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 Again, <laughs> I know this is a little bit of story time. Greatest greatest end to a career for me ever was the year prior. So they played they beat Clearwater, lost to Holcomb. We played Clearwater in the state playoffs the year before, too. And this is for anyone who listens that doesn't already know this. We lost to Clearwater by like one score and like we were way better than them. We just like were beat to shit by the end of the year. And we just weren't making plays. I was like starting at
1: linebacker as a sophomore. That was a that was a scary game. Man. I just
0: was- re- I just remember Kyler got hurt like on the first drive. Yeah. And like we literally we were dog walking it down the field on the first drive and then Kyler got hurt and we never we never were the same. Yeah, I couldn't run. It was bad, yeah. Yeah, and like that was a huge part of our offense. But anyways, so we lost to them, so there was some revenge on that. But if we would have won that game, we would have had to play Holcomb, who went to the state semis that year. But we would have had to play at Holcomb, which is like five hours away. Yep. From Amigo, or four hours away, five by bus. So I saved myself an ass-kicking and 10 hours round trip, probably, <laughs> by losing to Clearwater. And I know, look, I know there's a lot of my constituents, a lot of my teammates in my class that will hear, like, oh, losing to Clearwater was actually kind of a good thing. um, And they're going to say, like, Sam, you're a fucking idiot. Like, you bitch. Like, whatever. Uh, no, I was tired of getting hit in the dome by Casey Fay every day at practice. and i didn't want to fucking go lose by 40 in my last home game losing by like one score was like okay it was an okay way to end things plus that bus ride back we lose by 40 oh
1: that that bus ride's horrible that bus
0: ride back like four it's not like a one hour bus ride it's like a four hour bus ride of just testosterone and emotions that would have fucking sucked speaking of testosterone we are coming back to Nickerson. They got shellacked by Andale, 108 to nothing. Oh and my parents were mad because, you know, parents. What do you think about a 108 to nothing
1: scoreline, Beans? What are the parents doing in that game? Like, do you just go home and like, well, the score is 65 to zero. I'm going home for a little bit. <laughs> Did you stay to watch me play, Mom? No. <laughs>
0: The freshman. Mom, did you see me play the second half? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Disappointment. They had, from what I could garner, they had a running clock at halftime, and the JV and the uh, freshman played, like, oh. pretty much most of the second quarter and all of the second half. Wow. I How read you- something that Andel seniors haven't played a full game of football, like, since they got to high school.
1: What <laughs> the
0: fuck? Yeah, because they're, like, on a 30-some game winning – I think it's, like, a 40 – it's, like, a high 30, low 40, like, game winning streak, and they just beat the brakes off of everyone because they're a fucking machine. Wow. Or it, it's something, like, they've only played, like, five full, like, games of football. It's literally that like is... they play half a game of football for, like, 90% of their games and then just get to, like, fucking chill out in the water cooler the rest that of the game. That is insane. Wow. So I, I guess for me, I I know there were a bunch of parents. It was like, oh, that's like shameful to like rub the score up to 108. And it's just like, I, I don't know what parents want you to do.
1: Like, what are you supposed to, to, to tell the kids? It's like, like what, are, what are you supposed to tell the kids? Hey, don't run as hard. Hey, Billy, don't run that 65 yard touchdown again. Don't do that. Don't hit that gap. Like, what are you I, supposed to tell me? I have kids? seen
0: like people suggest taking a knee every time. And if I swear, if I was like a player on the opposite side and I saw someone taking knees like in the third quarter, that would piss me off. It hurt worse. Dude, it would hurt worse. And you're not getting any reps. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that is
1: the point. Like the, the reps the for thing, that game. That that prepares you for later on.
0: Yeah, dude. Like, like the thing is, is like, yeah, you got your ass kicked. But then everyone gets to play, and, like, it's a shitty feeling. Like, we we went to Holton my junior year, and that would have been your freshman year, Beans. Uh, I remember we went to Holton, and we were down by, like, 40 at halftime. And Coach B came in, and he just, like, left the play sheet in the lo- – he was like, I'm going to leave the play sheet in the locker room, and it's just about being a man and, like, competing the rest of the game. And, like, that was it. We literally went in for that, came out, did warmups, and, like, got our ass beat some more. But like the JV got to play and like the freshman got to
1: play. See, there's and, like a point where like as a coach, you're just like, okay, let's just have fun with this. Like we're getting our asses kicked. Let's dude, just okay. Like look,
0: this is like semi-victim blaming. But like, dude, show some fucking backbone, Nickerson. Like holy, fuck. like dude, they're scoring a hundred eight points on you. Fucking do something. <laughs> Yeah, you're folding, like, a lawn chair at that point. You like, leave your even, varsity in against
1: their freshman and see who's really boss. Maybe, no, probably. I wouldn't do that because then they would just
0: put the varsity back in and you would actually get slacked. But, like, I'm being for real, dude. Like, like, you, I feel like you just can't stand for that if you're a player. Yeah. I'm not advocating for, like, playing dirty or anything, but at some point, like, you gotta fucking, like, just put the breaks on it you know what i mean like if it's a running clock and you just make like a face and you do like a face mask tackle like that's like 10 15 seconds for them to like throw the flag and like you know call it and like all that shit again like i'm not advocating for that but it's like dude you gotta show something
1: that 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 game is just brutal and that's gonna go down in the history books forever
0: well it is the biggest win in kansas high school state sports history for football. At least and for this- eleven man, there could be some eight man game out there. Oh, start. eight man
1: games get unreal. Eight man makes yeah, it. Yeah, there, into the there could be like a one hundred
0: and fifty to nothing game in eight man. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. But um. Pretty- yeah. Last question to you on that game is: Is there a point where you the score gets so high, like in a game as a coach, like all bets are just off? I feel like if you get to a hundred
1: points, you can just do whatever the fuck you want after as a coach. Uh, I'm playing my O-linemen as safeties. I am playing my, you know, running backs as down no. linemen. If you want to no, rush the I'm, edge. I'm saying, like, if you're, like, a spread offense and, like, you like to throw the
0: ball all over the place. And then, like, you've just been running for three quarters and you still get, like, 100 points. I'm throwing the ball again, like, at that point. Like, I'm getting me some fucking throwing reps if you go down by 100. I mean, you got to get your quarterback rep somewhere. Somewhere, somehow. I don't know. That, that's just all fucking right. crazy. All right, now that Beans and I have taken a long of memory lane, let's actually get into the meat and potatoes. Why you guys are here? Why you guys are want to tune into the podcast? What you're going to actually skip to and skip over what we just said when you talk about college football in the state of Kansas? And we start with the best team in the state of Kansas, ranked number 19 in the Associated Press poll, ranked number 17 in the uh, coaches poll. Hosting college game day this week against Texas Christian University, your University of Kansas Jayhawk football team, gentlemen. They came up with one of the guttier wins, kind of. Yeah. Um, one of the guttier wins of the season, probably their guttiest win of the season against Iowa State. Um, as they won homecoming, I think it was homecoming. Yes, which is weird because they get. They were that home last that... week and they're home this yeah. week and they're home. They were home last two weeks ago, so I, I don't know. I don't understand how that becomes homecoming, but whatever. Um, your University of Kansas football Jayhawks are five and zero. Oh. They're hosting game day against Texas Christian University. They are highly ranked, the highest ranked team in the state, and they just beat Iowa State, who is something. I don't know what they are, Gentlemen, They are kickerless. Were you impressed? Were you unimpressed? What are your thoughts on the University of Kansas football Jayhawks?
2: Okay, so uh, in terms of, like, objectively for the uh, Jayhawks, great job. You're ranked. Um, We can't say enough great things about this season. Nobody thought you would be here. You've already doubled your fucking uh, wins projection for the season.
0: Uh, Almost. They got one more for that.
2: I mean, the line was at two and a half, so I just kind of... Extended. I guess that, that is true.
0: Yeah. Freest money I've ever made.
2: Yeah. So, in terms of all of that, like, congratulations. Um, like I mean that, like, genuinely. You guys have a coach that is exciting, a program that's exciting. Um, this is where, like, the actual, like, college football portion comes into play, where you're actually going to play some realistic teams. Uh you're going to actually go against some teams that are respectable. Now, um, this goes both ways. Like, OU was respectable until they just folded like a fucking lawn chair when their playoff hopes were done. So I I get there's not that many good teams. Win is a win, all, those, all that stuff. But I think that we'd be lying if we came on here and said that KU has beat a, like, objectively good team. Um, but KU's came out, beat the teams that they were supposed to. They've done it with a high-flying and fun-to-watch offense. They have a Heisman contender at quarterback? Like
1: I don't know. Like, he threw for 93 yards last week.
2: <laughs> well, I guess he was a Heisman contender coming into the week. Um, let's not – I don't want to jump too far ahead here. Iowa State had to miss three field goals for you guys to win this game. Um, you did. Congrats. Before we, like, assume the ranking of 19th team in the nation at, like, the end of the season, let's beat some teams that uh, are worth a damn.
1: I think this was a good challenge. Like, this is probably the first time they were, like... I, I mean, they played close against Houston, but, like, you felt like they should have won that. This Iowa State game, like, this is the first time where they had to, like, all right, we got to nut up or shut up, get this get this going, win, and luckily, you know, Iowa State just has a kicker that can't hit the broadside yeah. of a barn. And... We were perfect coming into the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's even crazier. So, like, the luck...
0: Iowa State sorry, I
1: State
0: lost this game. Can yes, Iowa, State, it? That's how Iowa it
1: feels. State lost. Side note, that was the craziest field storming I've ever seen. Did you watch that the video? They do it every game. No, it was like the most organized field storming no. I've ever seen. It looked like a herd of cattle just like following this. There's this little line, and they're forcing them in slowly, and it's just very slow. And they got 10 guards around the goalpost every Damn. game. They're just going to do what uh – I'm pretty sure Clemson storms the field after every
0: game, so they're just going to do, do that all the time now. I can't believe
1: Clemson does that.
0: Like, it's because Clemson was, like, mid-poverty for, like, 40 years. Or at least they did it against NC State one time, like, when they, they were yeah. retired right or Pitt or whoever it was. They, like, won a game one time, and they, like, stormed the field or something. And then, uh, like, someone said something about how it was traditional, and I was like, i would never seen that
1: before, but okay. But um, I do agree with the whole idea that Iowa State lost it more than KU won it. And,
2: and I don't want that to take anything away from KU. Like, at this point, when I say there's no good teams, you literally just have to beat the teams that you play, and they have. Like, they're 5-0. KU – K-State's not 5-0. I actually think that there's a lot of, like – Really, 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 like, sore – I don't know what better way to put this than, like, sore loser shit going on on uh, Twitter between a lot of K-State fans right now coming out. Oh, you guys haven't beat anybody. Like, well, they're ranked higher than us. They're undefeated. Like, I don't know what you want to fucking say right now, dude. We're a worse football team right now, probably. They beat as,
1: Houston, and Houston beat Tulane.
2: I I understand. Um, <laughs> w- we have a loss.
1: No, Houston. We beat an beat Oklahoma beat, team. Right? That is what not is as Houston? good as people think they are. Huh? Didn't Houston beat Tulane? Yes. Tulane beat
0: Houston with Thirst. their thirsting quarterback yeah, dummy. Sorry.
1: Oh, shit. Well, I'll eat my words.
2: Yeah. No, like, I, uh, I, on one hand, K-State fans have done a really, really good job of just, like, aimlessly supporting Adrian Martinez and, like, making him into a quarterback god when he's really just, like, just an okay, when he's a really good running back, um, but, At the same time, like the uh the energy towards KU football is very 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 just like I don't I don't like it, but I don't like KU football being good either. So you're just kind of doing your thing. Hopefully you lose some games. A bowl game is a lock at this point, right? I I know I'm saying that about no, I
0: wouldn't say that.
1: Ooh, guys, they gotta play.
0: They gotta okay beans. You can't say it's a lock because of the history. It's like ninety-nine percent. Yeah, but I mean like
1: you're telling me they can't slip in a win between Baylor, Texas Texas Tech, maybe and Texas. No.
2: No, like okay. I more favorite to
1: beat Oklahoma than Texas at this point.
2: Yeah.
0: I I don't know. I for them just to get one more win. But
2: like at some point we've just moved past this being the old Kansas.
0: Like, but you didn't hear what I'm saying, though, Gavin. Like, I said it's not a lot, because that you got to, like, think about it this way, right? KU winning one more game out of seven is extremely likely. Yeah, very that's likely. that's what I mean. But, like, the last time they started 5-0, oh, they went 5-7, and seven, right? So, I mean, like, yes. KU is better than they have been ever. And they will get to six wins. I would, I would put like every amount of dollars that I have in my gambling account right now for them to say that they'll get to six wins. They will be bowling, but like if you look at it just objectively over the course of years, and we're still talking about, you know, we are still talking about a team that is project was projected last place in the Big 12. And I know preseason projections don't mean anything, but they're going to probably be underdogs in every single game they play. Therefore, you know, again, it's not the same Kansas team. You know that. I've been pounding the table about how they're actually really good for a month, pretty much. But, I mean, it's just one of those things in the back of your mind. Like, if K-State went out and only won one more game this season i'd be surprised because they're playing west virginia but like and in iowa state and i don't think either of those teams are really that good but i mean like would you be completely shocked
2: i i would be equally shocked at k-state winning out or ku failing to win losing out
0: okay that's fair i don't think well i don't think either of those are gonna happen Right. But, like, I, yeah. I need That's to defend unfair. myself on this. I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm saying it's 99%. I'm just saying if K-State was projected last, I know that you would be concerned about losing seven straight games.
2: Yeah. No, I I, I agree with what you're saying wholeheartedly. Locke was the wrong word there. It's extremely likely.
0: The, the one thing the, – the things I want to necessarily – that I do want to highlight myself – is I do agree with, I think, Iowa State lost that game more than KU won it. It feels very much like Chiefs-Colts, the previous.
1: I was, that was the comparison, it's yes.
0: Very kind of similar. Iowa I State special team is fucking awful. At least for that one game, terrible. Like, literally lost in the game. But I think you have to be a little bit concerned just off the standpoint of of, I don't know how good Iowa State's defense is, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if Iowa State's defense is just elite and they just absolutely shut down KU or if everyone else's defense that KU's played is just not as good and they can just do whatever they want. Um, I think the biggest takeaway from this is just that Hindshaw got hurt and is probably dumb for the rest of the season from what I – could garner and at least done for I, I think he's up for the season so I mean that's a big like playmaker on your offense and that is a big like part of your running game and so I mean like KU's gonna have to adjust to that and I know they got Kai Thomas but I think he might be hurt right now too I'm not really yeah. sure
2: and to to build on to that too like you have a new coach a new scheme a quarterback that really hasn't even ever been put in a spot to succeed before so, like, you have a bunch of stuff that defenses have had zero ability for, to prepare for that is probably just not not that this is everything, but it's absolutely caught defenses and other teams off guard on, like, just in terms of how well prepared uh, the schemes that they're running. There's nothing you could do to prepare for Kansas because they could have came out and done anything and it would have been better than the last couple of years. So, I yeah. think that that's played a lot of it, too, and you're probably, like, slowing down where teams have some more film Know what to prepare for, what kind of schemes you're going to be running, all that. That's probably a little bit what we're seeing now too.
0: I think this game coming up against TCU to kind of go from recap to like build up. I think that this game is going to tell me a lot about what KU is going to do for the rest of the season because there's about there's about three ways this game goes. One, if KU comes out there and beats just beats the breaks off of TCU. We're looking at we're looking at sky's the limit, right? Yeah. Yes. yes. Like we can we can start thinking about this team going to the Big 12 title. Yep. Like if they go out beat breaks off of TCU. Yep. I mean a lot of this week is how does this team respond to having a national spotlight on them? Not being yes, they're the underdog at home, but like you're getting game day.
1: Yes, it can't get get any higher than this, like, right now. Everyone's behind
0: you. Like, how do you deal with that pressure? Do you use it or do you fold? And, like, if – and that's why this is going to be a huge game. And, like, at this point, Oklahoma might just be bad, right? Yep. And, like, the wins off of Oklahoma for K-State and TCU might be way overrated. And we'll learn more about that when OU plays Texas. Oh, OU probably was looking ahead to Texas two weeks in a row because, you know, Red River, haha, SEC. SEC, SEC, SEC. Um, but if KU comes out here and just beats the crap out of TCU, uh, we, we we can start talking about stuff. If KU like, wins or loses, like. Tight game. Tight game, then it's just kind of one of those things where it's like,
1: KU's good. like yeah, good. Yeah, they're 50 50.
0: They're good. Like, We'll see where the season goes, but like we're definitely thinking, we're definitely going bowling. We definitely have a shot at a Big Twelve title game, and like all that stuff. Ku gets the crap kicked out of them in this game. We we got we got problems. We're having one or two conversations. TCU is really fucking good. Yes. Or Ku like isn't as good as we thought they were, and I don't. And like this, we're we're just going to learn a lot about Ku and where they actually are. I, I agree. I, I'm you. pretty sure they're in the middle. I'm pretty sure you usually nothing is either end of the spectrum. I'm pretty sure they're a good team. I would be concerned about the lack of offensive output against Iowa State. And Iowa State's defense is probably either a juggernaut or KU's offense has either gotten a little bit figured out or it's not as good as we thought it was. So I don't know. Yeah,
2: no, I'm I'm with you 100% on that. This uh, big week for KU, and even might maybe even more importantly in terms of just like building a program, you're just gonna start running out of games because you've already used you've already used all the games. If you're just gonna like say we should win these games, which I understand with KU, you never do that, but like you're running out of easy games. You're going to run into some difficult teams. You're going to run into teams that are just so significantly more talented than you that like your margin for error, all that, it just gets harder to win those games. This is a game, again, maybe TCU is just really good. I don't think that they're as good as that Oklahoma game made them look against Oklahoma's backup quarterback. But Yeah,
0: that's the one thing. And I'll get into that later when we do predictions, but I agree with that wholeheartedly. So yeah. what are your predictions? <laughs> So in my mind, I keep, when I go back and, and again, it's highlights, not the full game because the game was going on at the same time as K-State, yeah. but I'm seeing a lot of just wide-ass open receivers and a lot of busted coverages by Oklahoma. Oh, and, yeah. right. like, I think that contributes a lot to how lopsided the game is, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. if TCU doesn't, like, even if TCU scores in those possessions, they're taking time off the clock, and they're not scoring as much. And I don't even think TCU scored that much in the second half. I think TCU just got punched OU in the mouth, and OU didn't really know what the fuck to do. Oh, yeah, I, think I agree. They, they kind of got, oh, my God, here we go again syndrome, because K-State did that the week prior, and they responded pretty well, but they weren't able to respond with Dylan Gabriel out. And right. I think that's another thing. is Dylan Gabriel was out pretty much the entirety of the game or a good majority of the game. And TCU had taken control of the game by the time that he was out. But once you're putting in backup quarterback, it's kind of a wrap. So I don't think TCU is as good as that OU game made them look. I don't think KU is as bad as Iowa State made them look. I think that's kind of one of those games where that's the first, like, real good defense that KU faced. And – they just didn't respond very well to it. I don't think TCU probably has a similar defense to that. Um, I would say it, it's a home night game, and I at the beginning of the week I really thought TCU could win this game by two scores. Until I started realizing a lot of that offense production really wasn't like, you know. What it seemed real. yeah it, it, was, it was like, it was OU producing that offense. Yes. And I just think, I just think Lance Leipold is a good enough coach to manage this. And I just think that KU is probably going to win this game because it's really reminiscent of seven when it's just like, oh, they'll just lose, and then they just kind of never did. I think next week is probably where they pick up their first loss. I think it's one of those weird ones where they can beat – it'll be like OU gets beat by TCU, and TCU gets beat by KU, and OU beats KU because that's how football works a lot of the time. Yep. I just think it being the way that it is – Like, with the night game, with game day, with, like, the rankings, I just feel like they're going to find a way to do it. And I feel like it's going to be something like 28, 27. The thing is, is KU played TCU last year after they beat Texas, and they played them real close. They almost won that game. And KU always seems to play TCU really close somehow. Like, even when TC was really good, so I think it's like 28-27. KU just kind of manages to get out of there one more time. Gavin?
2: Yeah, I. Uh, the only thing I'll add to what Sam said, because I agree with all of it, we don't have a reason not to trust Leipold in a spot like this. Like, we've only seen good things from Lance. He's only done things to help this program. So, I, I have agree. KU winning. Um, let's go, uh, I don't know. 35 21 KU. Give them two scores.
1: So, Sam, you had Damn. the exact same score in my, like I had in mine. And then I started thinking more as you were talking. I'm like, man, KU's got this. And I instantly had the same score Gavin put down. So I'm weird here. Like, I had the exact same score Sam wanted. I have the exact same score Gavin wanted. So it's like, ah. Uh. But it, it just <laughs> ends the same way. It just
0: feels weird. Like, like, you somehow, somehow win this, this game. game.
1: Yep. And I'm going to find that middle mark here. So 32 to about 24. 32 24. I think you just go 31 24. Yeah. <laughs> 31's a hard number to hit on. What do you mean? That's four touchdowns and a field goal. 32 is better. I like 32.
0: Yeah. 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 You guys are speaking to two point conversion there. Or say it. You're speaking to safety. Hit- you can get a safety. I'm trying to hit the, the over. over, so... He's trying to hit the over. He's already thinking about the gambling segment. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, shit.
0: Um, for real, though. Like, again, I, I do think it's one of those things we'll talk about next week, but... Yeah, we'll we'll see where we are next week. But I think it's just one of those things where KU's got a lot of momentum. I, I Again, it's one of those weird ones where if it was on the road, I'd be picking TCU. So... Yeah, I agree. All right, so we got to move into the second best team in the state of Kansas in terms of college football. We need to talk about the Kansas State Football Wildcats. They defeated the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh, What was the score of that game, Beans? 37 uh, to 28. That's right. I knew it was a nine-point win, some funky score. It felt closer than that. It was a very weird game. It was not close in the first quarter, and then the second quarter made it close, and then it was really close in the third quarter. And then K-State dominated the fourth quarter and yeah. still only won by nine and still, like, managed to try and lose the game. It was With weird. a non-onside kick recovery. And it took an inadvertent whistle at the end of the game that we will have to acknowledge as K-State fans absolutely happened to cause the
1: game-winning interception. So the a guy I work with is a NCAA official. I'm not going to drop his name or anything, but he's an official in the NCAA. And he actually pulled up those videos because he can just do that.
0: He's got yes. the old
1: college football in the palm of his hands, and he talked about that first in inverted whistle, and he said – he actually explained that one to me. You know that happened in the second quarter there? Uh, yeah, what, what was that play about? I, re- I remember it. Oh, the uh, it was the fumble, fumble, right? So actually in the NCAA, if they blow the whistle and there happens to be a fumble and there's an immediate recovery, they go with the recovery. So honestly, okay, that makes sense because there, there was an immediate recovery. Yes, and that's exactly what happened. Now, if he would have picked it up and ran with it, they would have just called him down there. So either yeah, way, sure that was K State ball. That. The inadvertent whistle happened, but they go with how the play went. So that's cool. The makes one, sense to me. The one on this in the fourth quarter there. He said that was a mess-up. He said there is no way that should have happened, like, like at all. <laughs> it, it also wasn't even, like, close to immediate. It was, like... I
0: thought we called a timeout. Like, honest to
1: God, yeah, I Yeah, know. it seems like we called a timeout zero.
2: or there was a false start. And then I the, play the play was just, like, to like allowed to happen.
1: No, because no, I thought that, the play clock ref, went to zero. That ref was charging in to blow that play dead. And, the, and he just decided that it didn't happen. And then he just stopped. So I think what happened was... There was supposed to be like, he tried explaining it to me. There's like a multitude of things that could have happened. Like, his, his something could have buzzed for him and he tried to stop it. It was too late. He couldn't stop it. And they just went with it. Like, they he said that was a complete F, like just a failure. <laughs>
2: that, those refs got together and said, Hey, we're in Manhattan. These fans are not going to be that mad. Like, let's just get out of this game because we have yeah. fucked up.
1: So it's actually kind of cool working with him because he, anytime a Big Twelve official messes up, which is constantly, I can just be like, "Can you explain that yeah. to me?"
0: <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so apologies to Texas Tech. Um, we cannot control the referees, um, but yeah, that was fucked. K State probably still ends up winning that game, yeah. just closer
1: margin. Um, it is yeah. sad that that our best receiver on the team can't get a onside recovery. It against Oklahoma, so that was all that mattered. I guess yeah. that's true. So, it yeah, that out. bounced off his chest. That was weird. He had it. He
0: just like Cade Warner's been weird where, like, ever since he made that really cool one handed catch against Tulane, he's just been like dropping spec catch balls. And it's like, wait a minute, like, you made that catch, but like, not this significantly easier spec catch. He's probably just
2: like regressed back to what. Cade Warner honestly is. So. He had his spotlight oh, moment, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, For real.
2: So it, in terms of this game, uh, the like most important things, our defense is great. There's almost nothing we need to continue hitting on there. They've met every expectation. The only thing I'll add is it's uh, incredible when you play Khalid Duke, one of the best edge rushers in the Big 12, as an edge rusher. It's kind of amazing, you know, just what happens there. He had two sacks in the game. Uh, Felix does it too. I know I hear all of you football people that are coming here to say, well, it's actually a good thing because we're keeping him here by playing the linebacker to help him in the NFL. I want, K- I want him to help K-State because that's where he's currently at right now. I'm selfish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Khalid Duke, I get it. He's like undersized and whatever. The NFL is not going to like him as an edge rusher. He's one of the best edge rushers in the Big 12, and if he produces one of the best edge rushers in the Big 12, he's going to get drafted. Wasn't
1: Ryan Mueller fairly yeah. small, and yet he was still one of the most dominant edge rushers?
2: Well, that's that's the other side because he didn't go that high in the draft. Like exactly, yeah, I mean,
0: but he
1: actually, yeah. he moved to fullback in the NFL. I thought for a little bit. Anyways, yeah. but I, it, I hate the three-three stack with the burning of a thousand suns. I hate it. I I you hate know. it. It it can go straight to wherever. I hate it, and but I get why they're doing it. But you have a lot of down linemen you can use, yeah. and you could put Duke on the edge and have a four down line set. I would. I it wouldn't work. hate they're-
2: it if we weren't if we were just playing Khalid Duke where Matlock is, and Matlock's well, fine, I know, but he's not Khalid Duke. Like
1: I don't why think they that's run a three three stack. It's essentially like you're still rushing somebody, and it's always going to be Duke or you know probably. Allen, you know, but I mean if, I feel like when Duke is in there though,
0: like you kind of have the option to make it uh four two five or a three three five, just kind of depending. Yes. Yep. Um, and I kind of enjoy that versatility. I mean Klee Duke is not a natural linebacker by any yeah. means. No. But I zone mean coverage at times. But, yes. I I just I do feel like though, at the end of the day, if we get like in a fight game, right? Like we're gonna eventually go like Khalid Duke one side. God, I hope Felix so. other side, Huggins edge, in the middle, yeah. and like Matlack on the and like Matlack's just on the bench or something. The
1: only like, downfall what? in the defense, in my opinion, is like is we can't figure out like when to run the three three or when to put Duke on that edge pressure. Like it it seems like there's not a lot of like meshing going on there i I, think once they i think once they get that going remember he's he's only played linebacker for five games yes yeah but i think once that meshes like i think if you get into like the end of the season and they figured out their game plan like i think it'll work and
2: i agree completely with that it's also kind of funny about like the defense is the least like important thing for us to talk about cover they're just good that's like they're, good. Yeah, they're good, yeah. Good I, I like I will the say, fact that we're
1: worried about if they're running three or four people on the down line and they're still making it work. It's awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: I I do want to say.
0: I think the defense looked gassed for the first time in that game. Yes. And they it did break higher. down quite a bit by the end. And I mean, a lot of that is expediated because the offense was really bad in the second quarter. I mean, they dominated the first quarter and a half of football and who knows like how the game is different if they like are able to get supported and rest. I think one of the scarier things that I saw, and I don't know, maybe tech has better line linemen than I'm giving them credit for. Maybe Texas tech's running back is better than I'm giving them credit for. But that was the first time this year where I felt like we shouldn't have given up a ton of rushing yards Mm -hmm. and we did. Did and that's back to back to back games of a running back looking pretty good on our rush defense.
2: And I mean, Eric Gray looks
0: pretty good. And I cannot remember Texas Tech's running back's name. It starts with an S. Thompson. Thompson. Yes, S. Thompson. I can't remember. Yeah. Lol. Um, but he looked good, and we made TCU's running back look really good. And all three of those dudes are probably good. And you know, when you're only playing three down linemen, you're going to give them some rushing yards. It just feels like, it feels like I didn't see a ton of that with Missouri. I didn't see a ton of it against South Dakota, obviously. And it seems to be a problem that is progressing. And I think our corners are also just, I mean, I, I just feel like the defense is, it's like boiling water. Like water doesn't boil until it hits one or two twelve. And it feels like the defense is about to boil over because it's at 210, but it hasn't yet. And I'm just concerned that we're gonna go play a really good offense in the middle of the season, and it's just gonna
2: I the the concerning thing about the rushing in terms of that, to me, is the yards after contact portion of it. That That,
1: that is one of my concerns. Right. But this it, is the best tackling defense we've had in a while, and it's still a concern.
2: Yes. Well, it's not yeah. like... Getting hands on the guy, we we don't see a lot of just like open field completely missed tackles. Most times, like they get out there, gang tackle all that. That's stuff. They are. Great. That
1: is that is awesome. They are
2: flying yes. to the ball. Lo- I love to see that. At the yes. same time, though, we saw multiple times over the last couple games where we have three, four, five guys on the running back and just in a pile, and they're just getting pushed like more than three you'd more like this yards. Yeah. Right. And it's it's not one of those things where it's like, man, the offensive line just really got behind him there for a sec. Like it's it's a consistent problem that we see every drive, every run play, and that those just add up. They add up on a defense. They wear on a defense, and that's kind of what yep. Sam's getting at. And I I I share that concern. I still feel like we're talking like we're we uh like the kings of the Big Twelve in terms of defense and talking about something that is a minor issue on a, basically every other Big Twelve team. Yeah.
0: I, I I I will say we we'll, we'll see what ha- happens with it. Like um I don't know we will we'll just see. It feels it feels like they're a very talented outfit. It doesn't feel like they're a physical outs- outfit outside of. Josh Hayes, and uh, Daniel Green. Those
1: are the two dudes
0: who, like, I know are going to be physical and, like, attack plays. (laughs) Everyone else is kind of just, like, really good at football, and so they do really good at football things. Like, I I don't necessarily feel that Felix is, like, violent, if that makes sense. That's not a knock on him, per se. There's, like, a ton of players who are like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, But, like, that's the difference between, like, a Felix and Udike Uzama and, like, a dude like Vaughn Miller when he's in college, or, like, Miles yeah. Garrett. It's, like, those dudes are, like, violent players. You I, know what I mean?
2: I feel like Felix – and, again, this this is going to come off really terribly about him, but, like, I feel like Felix doesn't have the ability against a good team to go out there and just be the reason our defense, like, wins us the game, right? Like, I don't feel like Felix has that, like – Four, five sack and like a strip sack, just extreme difference maker game in him against like a non, I'm really just saying that like six sack TCU game against like a shit, world's shittiest left tackle. Yeah. And so like he, just
0: double, he had like, that kind of impact against tech. Right. It, it's just not something I would expect to do against Texas. He, he's yes. like, he's a game wrecker, but like, he's not like, he's not like, even like a Josh Allen when he was at Kentucky, like guy like that guy that like just dominates. Or I feel like, like a- our
2: defense is full of a lot of that or like very good. We're lacking the like a, the, the dude that you're just like, this dude is elite. He's a great talent. He's a great football player. Like all of those things. We have so much B plus across this defense and that is fucking outstanding. It's a great job by coach climbing to get these guys in here and get them prepared Mm -hmm. but i feel like our concern and a lot in the secondary too just comes to like we're just missing that difference making player we're missing that dude that's just a like consistent a a level player all the time like i i know you brought up the secondary too and we saw one play against oklahoma and we really haven't played an offense good enough to punish us for it but like our corners are very physical at the line of scrimmage they're very physical tacklers but pretty consistently, like lost in the intermediate and downfield, like
0: coverage. Yeah, and that's, and that's di- what would concern me with right, the defense. Right. But I think it's good to have these conversations. Is you know, I think, I mean, it's good that we're not coming out and flat out saying the defense sucks. Yes. Um. And another thing we need to bring up is I don't want to make K State last too long. I mean, we we're already homers and everything. So we already talked about K-State more than KU because we're biased and homers and everything. So we can wrap up K-State here real quick. Um, Long and short, Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn rushed for a ton of yards. Offense looked really good in the first and fourth quarters. Second quarter looked really bad. And for half the third quarter, it looked really bad. But I think the important thing for K-State on offense was – they need to get it done and they got it done. And so, I mean, that's all you can really say. Adrian Martinez and Deuce were the first, uh, teammates to rush for hundred yards in back to back games in K-State history. Back to the defense, I believe Khalid Duke and, uh, Felix were the first pair of K-State teammates to have three sacks apiece. Gavin.
2: Yeah, this, uh, so two things with our offense. The first thing I like, As much shit as I've talked on beans and like all of football for the running game, it really does feel like like most football teams are like we have to run it sometimes to just like stay balanced and all that stuff. It really feels like we throw the ball to stay balanced. Like we just like force ourselves into showing the defense that we are still capable of running a pass play. It won't be good. It's going to be a net negative for us. But, like, we will run it to show you that, like, Malik Knowles isn't just running the gaster out there. Run I, the damn ball. No, that's uh, – I'm more concerned – the most concerning thing for our offense, like, coming out looking good in the first quarter, that's great. But we've pretty consistently looked good on the scripted drives so far this season, and that's a I was going to say, testament. scripted
1: drives are 100% so far. That, that,
2: but, but, uh, aside pretty from Tulane. But, yeah, that's a uh, – that's a good like feather in the cap for coach Klein to have at this. And let, then like at the end of the game, you do what you need to do, pivot to um, running the ball with your quarterback and do what you have to to win the game. That's all great. I love that. I just love to see us be able to find that, like the ability to move the ball consistently on offense throughout the game for our defense's sake, for get keeping the stadium involved in the game. Like just, there's so many things that you can do by just consistently having an offense, not having an offense for the last eight minutes of the game and the first eight minutes of the game. There's uh, Tech was only in that game because we just, like, shut down on offense for two and yeah. a half quarters.
0: I think to cap it off, I'm not asking – they don't need a score, like, every freaking drive. Like, that's not what I'm asking. But I think the two things to take away are the red zone offense just needs to be better. I mean, you saw in the first quarter, they had two drives going to the, or they had three drives going to the red zone, came away with one touchdown, two field goals. And so the red zone offense just needs to be better in general, like capping off drives. We kind of saw that against Oklahoma. That one was a little bit weird because it was the end of the half, but like. You just need to have better red zone offense. And I think the other thing is, is even if you're not scoring in the second quarter and like start of the third quarter, it is important to at least run like five, six plays, gain some yards. Cause if you gain I beans, you could attest to this too, because you played if you gain 15 on six plays and punt, that's a hell of a lot better than gaining nine on three and punting. At least from a defense – because, like, the defense yes. can then start making adjustments at least. At least – you at least have something to go off of, like, while you're still going and plus your net 15 in field position at that point.
2: Right. That's the the three and – when, when this offense stops, it stops. Like, it yeah. shuts down. <laughs> it's done. When this offense is fucking on, Adrian in the open field is dynamic as hell to watch. He can haul ass. That's all great. But, like – Adrian can haul ass in the second quarter, too. It's possible. I know we got to keep him healthy, all that stuff. And I'm really worried about defenses because I feel a lot of Adrian being just like left alone is because they're keying on Deuce. That's why Deuce has not had a great games over the last couple of games. He's been kind of held in check. I'm worried about defenses just selling out to stop the runs. It's kind of retarded that they haven't so far, if I'm being honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, that's what it felt like, Tech. It, it feels like Tech. Tech's game plan for that was we run... So, what a lot of people don't realize, and you have to, like, really watch the tape for this, a lot of those, like, inside zones to do are actually read options. Yes. And if you, like, watch the tape, there's a linebacker for Texas Tech that is just spying on Adrian Martinez for that. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And... We're basically making Deuce a one-cut running back, which is fine. Deuce is really good as a one-cut running back, and like that zone read. The problem is, is once we see that look, we're selling. Like other teams are selling out to stop Deuce. They're pretty much just forcing Adrian not have the ball. And the game plan is just make it an inside zone one-cut for Deuce and stop the run that way. Which is
2: very productive. At like defenses have been pretty good at that last
0: couple weeks. Yes. And and so I mean I'm sure that K State has some has some action off of that like I'm I almost wonder you know what I'm actually like almost for certain about I would almost guarantee you that that's what they were trying to do in the Tulane game when they did that pitch to Senate like three times I guarantee you that's the counter that they had to it and it didn't work I would say the counter. I would say the counter to that is probably going to be having
2: like... Nope, you're so wrong right now. That counter is the QB rollout out of that where we've thrown it to Senate in the flat three times, and we finally hit Sammy Wheeler over the top 20 yards downfield unguarded, and he gets 60 yards after the catch and gets tackled. Well, well,
0: no, what I'm saying is what I think the counter to that would be, would be to... Uh... Yeah, basically have a guy kick out that end that's staying on uh, staying on Adrian. Anyways, Beans has alerted me that we need to get moving. And holy God, I looked at the time. We need to get oh, moving. Jesus this Christ. might be a two-parter, Beans. It might have to be. <laughs> you know what? We'll make it a two-parter. Fuck it. I don't give a shit. Yeah, this is a two-parter now. What are, what are, Let's what are,
1: your, go- what are your score predictions?
0: So for me... Now we actually do have a night game at Jack Trice Stadium for Iowa State. I think Iowa State's defense is really good, and it's really good against the run. Right. While you do that, I'm going to
1: go grab a water real quick.
0: So, for my money, I think that this is a really, really losable game for K-State. Um, I think that Iowa State's going to be desperate coming off 0-2. You can't go 0-3 and win a Big 12 title. And I think... Think that Iowa State is going to come out and they're going to do just enough, and I hate to say it, but I just feel like Jack Trice at night, off of the game that we played, off the loss that Iowa State had, is going to be tough. I got Iowa State winning 21 to like 18, make it 17. 21-17. Okay.
2: So uh, for this game, I'm going to take Cats 31-24. I feel like it's just going to be very similar to the tech game. We're just better than Iowa state. We're probably going to underperform a little bit. The game's going to be closer than it probably should at the end of the day, but this really speaks more to, I just like don't think Iowa state's that good. I think we're good. I think we're going to be in control for most of the game, do what we need to do, but kind of come away still feeling the same. We do today that we're a good, not great team.
1: So, Like, looking at Iowa State's, like, previous games and uh, looking at, like, how KU played against them, I'm trying to judge it off that, and it's hard to judge that because KU didn't throw very well. K State doesn't throw very well. KU didn't run very well, but K State runs really well. So it's, like, best in the nation. (laughs) So, like, it's kind of hard to judge uh, what would happen here. And I think this is going to go down to a similar situation, like, you know, we're going to dominate two quarters, and two of the other quarters, Iowa State's going to just be hanging in there. So I'm thinking it's going to be 24-21 K-State. I just, for my money, think... I just don't think
0: Iowa State special teams is going to be as big of a disaster, and I think that they'll be up for the game. Yes. I, I, I just... I... I, I genuinely just think that's the difference. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing that always sticks in the back of my mind is we're due for an Adrian Martinez implosion game yeah. somewhere. Yes. Like somewhere along the line. You hope that that's like Oklahoma State where we're not even supposed to win that game. Yeah. But.
2: And Adrian lost a fumble in that. Game. He did. So, because I've heard this from K State fans where they just like found waving the no interceptions thing. Like, Adrian Martinez holding the ball for seven seconds in the park pocket and getting strip sacked is like, in my mind, just as bad if not worse than an interception. Like him just like not refusing to throw the ball to open receivers is that's not good. I, I don't want to just like ignore that because he hasn't thrown a pick. That's uh, yep. that's, yeah. But we need to move on to right. the team in Kansas that won.
0: Yep, and you know what? I'm going to provide a seamless transition so that way we can split this into two episodes. It's our first two-parter ever. We had a ton to talk about today. So move on to the next episode. It'll be posted on Twitter. It'll be a good time. If you decide that you wanted to stop watching at this point, then uh, fuck you, and we'll see you next week, hopefully. And for that, we thank you for listening. Buck Bosco Boys, we'll see you in a second.
1: You're really going to make this hard for me to edit, aren't you? Yeah. Sorry about it. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's, Let's go back. Three, two, one. Hello, everyone,
0: and welcome back to part two of our episode. Uh, we decided to make this way too long because we are way too dumb to not keep talking. We told a lot we of high way school. too sport. many good teams to cover. Exactly. Too many good teams to cover between K-State and KU. Too many high school stories to recap and a lot of quick hitters. This was a real failure on our part to keep things short. And now we're going to go talk Chiefs. And you know what, Beans? The good part, I know you, I heard you complain about editing, but the good part about a two part episode is that we can talk about the Chiefs for up to like an hour now. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the Kansas State Chiefs won the game 41 to 31 over Tampa Bay. Def- Patrick Mahomes defeats Tom Brady in the regular season for, like, the billionth time. It's only in the playoffs that Tom Brady seems to conjure up bullshit magic against Patrick. But the Chiefs looked really good, jumping up to a 21-3 lead off the back of a Rashad White fumbled opening kickoff and some sensational playmaking by Mahomes over the course of the game. And then the game kind of just whittled down and, you know, the like. So, gentlemen, did we learn anything from this game?
1: uh tom brady can throw for almost 400 yards and still take a fat
0: i was pissed i didn't need mike evans to do as much as he did for fantasy purposes i wish he would have done that in a different game
2: (laughs) i um so in terms of this game from a personal standpoint this game just felt good like i uh Mm -hmm. i i go back and think to that super bowl just like Everything, like, sucking, not being in the game at all, losing to Tampa. It just felt good to come out and just and really just handle them the entire game. Um, I want to give us to our coaching staff. Um, I talk a lot of shit on them. They are absolutely too cute sometime, all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, all the they time. do some things that I don't agree with. But, like, at the end of the day, I, there's nothing special about this offense. Talent-wise, besides our offensive line, but this coaching staff just runs the the screens, the RPOs, the every diving into the bag of tricks, find things to offense matriculate down. They are fucking great at it. This um, we we lack playmakers. We lack so many things on offense, and our staff said no. We don't need Tyreek. We can just coach the fuck out of this offense and make it work. And after a game like this, I don't think that's a consistent way to go about it, but they can do it. It's absolutely there. And it can look fucking incredible and be one of the best dynamic offenses in the NFL at its ceiling. I question the consistency, but hats off to our coaching staff.
1: It does make that Colts loss just a little bit more bitter, but that's the consistency. I think I think it was we were texting each other during the game and Noah Gray had that. QB Sneak, and it's like, yeah, and Sam was like, you know, what other player... Because we're obviously not going to run QB Sneak with Patrick Mahomes. What other play do you have in your pocket that you could just get a third and, like, four inches? Throw your tight end there and let him do it. And she, Patrick Mahomes should win an Emmy or an Oscar or whatever it is, because that one was great acting. That was awesome. It really was. um My favorite part about that play... I.
0: I genuinely don't know if, like, people haven't seen it or, like, people just are goldfish and have no memories. But, like, we've ran that play, like, over the past— Several
1: times. Literally, like, the past, like,
0: year or two, like, at least five times. I know I've seen it at least
1: three to five times That is our second most successful short yardage play behind fullback dive to Mike Burkson. It's fullback dive or that. And, like, I find it weird that, like—I guess I don't find it weird
0: that Barstool does this. But it'll be like, oh, Andy reads in his bag tonight. And it's like, dude, we've seen this play like a hundred times. Yes, and you're and just like, watching because it's in prime time. And like, I, the thing is, I just find it hard to believe we hadn't done that in prime time. I don't know. I'm biased because I watch all the Chiefs games. Yes. You know, they're the team that we cover and they're my favorite uh, NFL team. But it's just like, man, I've seen that play like several times. <laughs> like, that, like that's something new. If anything, I, I believe it was last week. It might have been last week when I said this, or maybe it was, like, over text. But I was like, you know, we don't have Blake Bell, so we don't run that play anymore. I wonder who's going to do it.
1: And they did it. <laughs> yeah, they did it with No. Gray. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Like, there you go. But as far as, like, the offense goes, like, from all, like, every drive just felt, like, positive. Pacheco looked great. Mm-hmm. Clyde Edwards-Alaire looked awesome. Like, shocking. Mahomes just, you know— he looked like a backyard, you know, just like a dad, just ruining kids' lives. That little toss, any other quarterback, that would have been an interception. But somehow, that was, that, that was a crazy play. Clayton yeah. Delaire was triple covered two seconds before that play even happened, before that throw is even tossed. And for him to just toss it up in there, wide open, I... cover it.
2: I I really do feel like our one of the things our coaching staff does really well because like on one hand yes we absolutely run that play all the time but at the same time nobody else does does so it's yes like the looks that I our know. offense does all the time are truly unique there's something that you can't like prepare for any other weeks all of the vanilla concepts. It, it really feels like our offense is like that girl that never wears the same outfit twice when it comes to, like, the vanilla, like, just offensive yeah. concepts. Like, we're going to run those once, and they, like, do their job. But this, like, fucking cool shit, we're going to run it all the time, but you're never going to see it and never be prepared for it in any other games the rest it's of It's like game.
1: Oregon's uniforms. It's a different mismatch every mm-hmm. every week. Yeah. But That's- my thing is, like, I I texted this in the group chat. Like, I am shocked that we take practice time to – take time out of our practice to have these kinds of plays in our pocket. But also you have to think like defenses now, like the defensive coordinator on the other team has to take time out of their film session and their practice time to prepare for whatever crazy shit is about to happen.
2: It's incredible with how much shit we run, how well prepared and like how. And it looks good. We probably
1: probably run that play like once and it looked good. And we're like, that's fine. We're good.
2: Yeah, Genuinely, we won't run that again until week seven of next year. Yes,
0: but. exactly. Genuinely, what I want to see, so you know, we all make fun of Andy Reid having like the fucking IHOP menu or yeah. whatever. There is there's a section on that play sheet that is like the gotta have like two point conversion plays. Yes, and I want to know what the fuck those are. <laughs> Cuz you gotta think about all the crazy shit that they just run for fun? Like just for third down, the just for
1: third and a yard and a half. Yeah. Yeah,
0: dude. Like it's like third and a yard and a half or like first in goal, like at the five yard line. You're running like all those like underhand toss plays and like you know, all that like all that crazy, like all like the whatever shit. I call it, it it really is crazy shit because like you know, no one else fucking runs that crap. And it's all super cute and everything. I gotta know, like, we're in the Super Bowl down by two, like in a two point conversion. Like what does Andy have? Like yeah, what is what is the gotta have it two point conversion play? Like it's got to be something. It's obviously not anything like no one's ever seen before because like I can't it's even fathom what that would be. But like I I just want to know what the fuck it is. I that that play
2: sheet. Just like what he's holding has to just fucking look like when you take the like dynamics test and your teacher gives you one piece of paper to write your notes on, and you have the fucking chicken scratch wrote in tiny little letters so you can fit as much mass onto one paper as you possibly can. That, I, you
0: know what? It, let's let's do let's do this real quick. Uh, impromptu segment. What is what is Andy V's? Crazy, gotta have a two-point conversion play oh, on Jesus. his play sheet. I I think I know what it is. I think I genuinely think it's something with Travis Kelsey at quarterback. Yep. Not with forever. Mahomes, Clyde, and Jarek McKinnon in a diamond formation. And it's some sort of like handoff throw that Mahomes does. It's like Kelsey. I bet you it's, like, Kelsey hands it off or, like, McKinnon hands it off to Mahomes or whatever, and it's – we're, like – you know what I think it is? I think it's Kelsey's in at quarterback, Mahomes is in at tailback, and then it's, like, McKinnon and Clyde, and then Kelsey motions out like he's doing a Philly special. We snap it to Mahomes. He does, like, a rollout or whatever. And then it's like a throwback screen to like McKinnon or something or Clyde or whatever.
1: I think it might be like, you know, 65 toss power trap back in the day. I think that's, he brings that back. 65 toss power trap. It also would surprise me if it was just like Orlando Brown, like
0: catching a screen or
1: something. A hungry, hungry hippo with uh, Colin Saunders. (laughs)
0: What?
2: One one thing I don't understand. This goes beyond the Chiefs. I don't I don't understand why they don't just run like that pick play with the outside receiver just destroying the slot corner and the slot corner is just wide open for a walk in and you just dare the referees to make that call. Like make it. I'm talking because because Nicole, Nicole
1: would mess it up.
2: Uh, I sh- sure, but like that. <laughs> I, if I'm a coach, I'm doing that once. Just to like actually, get,
0: y- here's another one. We run that tight end screen to Kelsey a ton. What if it's just like a fake
1: wheel of that screen? So there was a that play where Mahomes tossed that ball just like, whoop. um, Andrew Wiley was an eligible receiver on that play. No shit. <laughs> They're coming back with something with Andrew Wiley. I'm calling it. That Andrew wouldn't Wiley surprise me. Was- Like, Orlando Brown's a joke because
0: Orlando Brown is, like, you know, not athletic. No, but Andrew Andrew Wiley Wiley is, like, like,
1: He's the most underrated, and it pisses me off. He's the most underrated offensive lineman in the NFL. The guy does his job, and it pisses me off that nobody talks about him. You
2: you don't need difference makers at O-line. You just need above average across the board.
1: The guy has literally played everything from left tackle to right tackle. The only thing he hasn't played is snapping the ball. What more it, could you ask for? That we gotta give like
0: some props to that offensive line. Like,
1: they yeah, the dude, old, they were oh, man, they
0: were freight train. They, they they took Tampa's soul, dude. And like Ta- I mean, here's the thing, dude. Tampa it's got good defensive line.
1: Like, that defensive line is good. Good. And, and they, they were talking they so much shit. Did you hear what Shaq Barrett said before the game? Shaq Barrett no, said that defense. The- Shaq Barrett said that the Chiefs' offensive line was no different than the Super Bowl offensive line. I mean, that's just objectively. And they not just drew. And they bulldozed over Did those get guys. Tested
2: for a concussion
0: after that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean,
0: like, dude, I I don't even know why you would say. I, I don't I, care. I mean, I we get made, why you a, say it. You're being confident and everything. But, I mean, that's just not a true statement, like, whatsoever. And we
1: absolutely the fact that they have Vita Vea, Devin that, White. That's no. a,
2: I was listening to a PFF podcast. Like, v, Vita Vea's had an okay year. And then, like, this game went badly enough for them that they were legitimately talking, like, at age 27, like, are we starting to see, like, this Tampa team aging out? Like Vita Vea, maybe just hitting a little. Like, we're literally talking about a player like Vita and Vea, who should be in the prime of his career, getting talked about aging out because the Chiefs offense this, just
1: can't handle them. Eight so. months ago, this team was easily the best run defense, and we ran yes. all over them. Yep. yep. Yeah. And I mean, and a we lot haven't of even guys talked about the defense. Line. We haven't even talked about our defense yet. Our defense held the Leonard Fournette to negative three yards. No, yeah, he yeah, ran
0: the ball like three times over Leonard Fournette.
1: Their, their backup had six.
0: No, I know. The, deep, the defense run-wise was really good. But yeah, like that they ran six total me. one plays, though, so. Ever, ever since, yes, that is very true, Gavin. What I will say, though, and I have enough data to back this up, is, or enough, like, tape from this year to back it up. Ever since Nick Bolton started at linebacker for us at during, or got, like, legitimate reps at linebacker at the Tennessee game last year, our run defense has been not bad. Like has yep. never been not bad. I think a run defense is good. good. It's always been. A, it's always been a question of can our corners hold up, Yep. and or can we get enough pass rush to help our corners hold up? And I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, Jonathan Taylor got held in check last
1: week. They and like combined for so for Austin Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, Leonard Fournette, and who's the back before that? Um, for the Cardinals, James Conner. No, who else? Anyways. They have combined for a total of 130 rushing yards. Yeah, no, our run defense is good. Like they're they're
0: producing like, and it's crazy. And we don't even have Willie Gay. And I like look if your offense is really good, then like you force teams into not running the ball as much, which helps your run defensive stats. But I mean, you just gotta watch the tape when the games start, right? Like yeah. the run defense is good. Like yeah, there, there's no two ways about it about it the pass defense you know when chris jones is on and like Loftus is on and like those guys are getting pressure then the pass defense is pretty good because those two things work in tandem pass rush and coverage but you know it's just one of the like, i'm not concerned about getting the ball ran on us i'm concerned about our secondary um yes if all we had term, james bradbury
2: Oh. All- That's always been a concern with the Chiefs. It'll probably always be a concern with the Chiefs. I think that our defense is always going to play above the sum of their parts because our coaching staff is just fucking incredible. It's good. It's really good. But, like, Jesus Christ, our secondary is so untalented. It's incredible.
1: When does uh, Trey McDuffie come back, Beans? He will be back hopefully by next week. Week six. That would be nice. Oh, is it? It, I, oh, okay yeah so not this game but the
0: following yeah that's what i thought you meant was when you said next week not yeah. Next yeah. Into the week. yes
1: right? we should be getting so, gay
0: and him around the same time frame that would be nice um getting gay. yeah it's it's really nice it would be really nice to add those two guys back into the defense i mean the defense has been playing fine right now yep good on run fine on pass yep fine overall and that's uh
2: the bigger thing big thing our defense has got to do and they did an okay job of it is like in those games where our coaching staff just isn't quite getting the shit that they usually do on offense like the Colts game we just need to be able to get that stop that i mean that penalty that Chris Jones had that just kind of like reset everything that's like the moment the stuff that this defense has to be able to do to carry us through that's a one-time thing. I get it, but like that's gonna be the difference between us having 11 wins and us having 13, 14.
0: Yeah, and I mean the thing of it too is, is we win that Colts game if we sign right instead of Amadola at the beginning of the time, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's just one of the things where, I mean, you 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 anticipate that Harrison Bucker will come back and be his all-pro, Pro Bowl level self and we'll get our special teams all sorted out and everything, especially as Sky Moore becomes more comfortable in the NFL, taking on that role and everything and whatnot. But I think think we're back to kind of what we said last week. Like when the Chiefs are playing their A and B game, they're going to be really hard to beat. And when they play their C game, they're going to struggle and probably lose some games.
1: Yep. So not to Uh, push us too quickly along here, Raiders game. What, what is, is your predictions? Beings. We broke this up into two episodes so we could talk to the ch- about the Chiefs. But you night. forget my phone doesn't charge automatically, my guy.
0: Uh, <sighs> idiot. Plug it in. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> All right, Raiders. I think the Raiders fucking suck. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what to say about the score of the game. It's Monday night. Oh Chiefs always God. seem to be really good in pro- – I don't remember the last time the Chiefs were bad in prime time outside of that yes. Super Bowl, and that was just weird circumstance. I think – and Mahomes has a tendency to just fucking eat up Vegas. Like, um, I think Josh Jacobs is probably going to get – I think it's a bad matchup for Oakland too because I think the Chiefs run defense is good, and I think they want to run the ball. Yeah. I'm a little concerned that – I mean, they have good playmakers too, so I don't think it's as bad. I think we're looking like thirty-five, like twenty, like four or something along those lines. Gavin, yeah. uh, I'm gonna say
2: Chiefs win twenty-eight to fifteen with five field goals for the Raiders because I have PTSD.
0: <laughs> no, but you're not playing <laughs> Carlson this week.
2: Yeah, I don't care. They, he's been solid the whole year because the Raiders can't punch it into the end zone. Now. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. That, that's, that's
0: what I was hoping McManus would do, but then the Broncos just completely failed to, like, get in the field goal range. Any points. Yeah. By the way, Denver plays in primetime next week, too, again. I know. It's I, depressing. I, I cannot stand watching that team. What What's your means, call, What means? do you think?
1: So, I think uh, the Raiders' defense is horrendous. They just have Max Crosby. I can't name another soul on that defense. Uh, uh, Trayvon... Morrig. Morrig. Yeah. The guy from TCU. The five foot two, 100 Great football player. He's a good football. He's a football dude. I will say that. I think it's going to be, you guys are in that, like, that yes range where, like, Mahomes is going to cook. They're going to take him out in the fourth. So I'm going to go with, like, 38 to, like, I think they do get 14, at least 14 here. So I'm going to say 17 for uh, the Raiders. I think they get two touchdowns. Jacobs will have one, and Devontae Adams will have one, and they'll kick a field goal somewhere.
0: Gavin is disputing that Devontae Adams will have a touchdown somewhere. If he was here right now, he would be absolutely livid with you. All right. I tell you what. Um, we'll post our bet tomorrow. Okay. Gavin's not here right now. Um, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm taking Ku money line. I was, I want that one too. I'm gonna have to change mine now. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, you can have Ku money line. Okay. I will pick something else. We'll announce it tomorrow on Twitter. Um, my guess for what I'm gonna do is I'm probably just gonna take old reliable Cooper Cup over receptions.
1: That's always a good. Because that's it good. every.
0: That's it every week except for one, and Gavin isn't here right now to uh. Help in the gambling aspect. So we'll tweet it out tomorrow. This okay, is a good is. opportunity for you to go follow us on Twitter at underscore underscore capital F three capital S. Gavin, we need a bet from you for by tomorrow. We'll tweet it out. No need to do it today. Okay. money line over Cooper Cup receptions are taken. Okay. I, I know I had one, but continue. Yeah. So we can go straight into
1: your thought-provoking moment, Beans. All right, Um, so if Abraham Lincoln was still around, what would you ask him?
0: How many vampires did he slay slash hunt? That's a good one.
1: (laughs) That movie's good.
0: I will will stand on this hill and tell you right now that Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter
1: is actually a good movie. That should be your hot take because that is gross. (laughs) What? Have you ever seen that movie? Doesn't it have, like, 4% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, because people
0: are fucking out of touch with media. They don't know what true cinema is. They're just out here fucking watching MCU. They don't know what cinema is. Dude, that movie was good. They, like, entangled the plot into, like, his his real-life events. Like, they followed him, like, as a young boy into, like, the President of the United States fighting vampires. It was dope. 33%.
2: 33%. I know that. what I would ask him, but I'm just saying it on this podcast. 33%, what, you,
1: what would you ask Yeah, him? like,
0: dude, that's not bad. It's mid. Plus, okay, yeah. you know what? I, I have my hot take now. We're going straight into it after we get done with this conversation.
1: Gavin, what would you ask him?
2: I just think there's a big misconception between was Abraham Lincoln actually trying to get rid of slavery, or was he just trying to preserve the Union? That's uh.
0: That's I, I think one. it depends that's a, that's a... what abraham lincoln you get when you ask that question i think if you get 1861 abraham lincoln um i think it's the former and i think if you get 1865 abraham lincoln i think it's the latter
2: i think uh the american history loves to like make the civil war into a like the good side winning to get rid of slavery when yeah
0: there's a lot so that's the one thing a lot of people will not ever admit there are a lot of different factors that went into that Mm -hmm. and slavery kind of became a moral thing as the war went on yeah yeah
2: maybe the fact that half of the country decided to be a different country was like a larger part of uh why they were fighting but but that's okay
0: I um, mean, and slavery is a part of why that other half wanted to become a different country, obviously.
1: Upstart yeah, I mean, slavery and the,
0: part. slavery and the uh, economics side of what happened or what that produced is a large part of why, along with states' rights and other stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, Abraham really Lincoln those, wasn't on the ballot in the South, so they effectively were the, a separate nation. So
0: yeah, I, I think that's kind of one of those things, but. Like slavery's like a root issue, but it's not a macro issue, if that makes yeah. sense.
2: Yep.
0: In terms of like why we fought the war, I don't know. Maybe maybe we're blowing smoke, Beans. What do you think? I I don't know. Beans um, is you know. squarely not going to either side of this fence because he's the smartest of, like of us. No. Um, um, so what are you asking, Abe? Um,
1: do you want to go to a play? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you.
0: God. Yeah, I thought my answer was
2: shit. I thought my answer was racist, but no.
1: Mine, Apparently was only, mine was worse somehow. Only
0: some things I say are racist. I, uh, I'm trying to think of an actual, like thing I would ask him,
1: like genuinely, and then we'll move on. <laughs> Can you imagine asking him, do you want to go to a play, and he just looks at you, like, with the death stare, just like... Yeah, yeah but he, died wouldn't, he wouldn't know. <laughs> he only yet, Abraham Lincoln... No, knows like, him. if yeah. he comes back to life, you're like... Okay. You know, like, like hey. Oh, you're. okay. Some people are asking him, like, some, hey, what are your thoughts on this? What is your political stance on... Th-? Would you want to go to a play? <laughs>
2: emancipation I, I think my genuine
1: question to him <laughs> would
0: probably... <laughs> I don't even know what I would ask him. Probably just like, how does it feel to be on the $5 bill or something like that? I don't know.
1: Oh, I forget he's on that. Damn. He's on the $5 bill and the penny. Damn. I'd be, I'd be, aw- I'd be astounded if I was on the penny. I I
0: would probably ask him honestly, like what it was like to write the Getty or at least do the speech for the Gettysburg Address. That is one of my favorite speeches of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. We need to get going, allegedly.
1: Beans' phone is on the ropes. Oh my it's God. dying. I should have said esphosti- esphostigus a long time ago. Esophagus? Esophagus. That, yeah, that guy. Esophagus. Esophagus. That, that's Beans' a safe word for those of you
0: that don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. My hot take is going to be short and simple. Rotten Tomatoes is garbage. I've held this opinion forever. I don't know if you agree or disagree with this, but Rotten Tomatoes is one of the worst ranking systems for movies of all time. Like it is just a bunch of pompous asshole critics who go around and a bunch of fans who go around like the fan vote is more reliable than the critic vote. The critic vote is always just fucking awful. And it's just not good. If you believe I, I know I can tell you this, I can tell you that. Rotten Tomatoes is bad because Black Panther was the number one movie like on Rotten Tomatoes all time for a period. And that movie isn't even the best movie in the MCU. So Rotten Tomatoes stinks. I hate it. They underrate fun movies because critics and they prop up bad movies like Wizard of Oz because reasons. Yeah. So you know what? Next week I'll read you off their top ten list. Okay. You'll you'll just because I know your phone is dying. Yeah. And you need a dual splitter in order to, you know, you know. Damn but an iPhone. my hot take is really more of a ramble, and I know that Gavin is a ramble. So go on, my good man.
2: I'm I'm going to save everyone. I could have got pissed off about this and, like, attacked some people and maybe said some things that I didn't really, like, mean to say to children and the nosebleeds at K-State games. But... The important thing is that if your best rationalization for something happening on the football field starts with because it's a mismatch, I just want you to, like, stop what you're doing, think for a second, instead of just aimlessly saying a word that you can apply anywhere to describe what you're saying, and then talk to me. I understand that fucking Ben Sennett is a fullback, and by definition— Almost every single time is going to be larger than a corner if you line him up at X receiver. That does not mean just because he is a larger human being than the corner that you automatically just throw him a fade route. We saw that. He didn't have the ball skills to track it, probably because he's fucking Ben Sennett.
0: There's nothing I that – I still picks- can you to throw a fade route to Ben That That is one of the all-time – that is one of the plays of all time. I just like why? – like, why?
2: Why? 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 Why do we spend so much fucking time and energy just going out of our way? Every offense does this. Like We complain about the Chiefs as well, getting too cute, doing whatever you think you need to do to create mismatches. Guess what? Patrick Mahomes is a mismatch on a defensive tackle. You know what? We don't fucking play him at center. Patrick Mahomes is a lot more agile than that defensive tackle probably is. You can say that. that's a mismatch. It's an athletic mismatch. Sure, fine, fuck it. We can just use it to rationalize whatever decision we want to make in life. Let's line the fucking – Punter up at defensive end because he's probably quicker than that left tackle is going to be. I don't fucking know. Pisses me off. Stop <laughs> using the word mismatch just like to throw it at the wall and like there's no comeback you can say to it because like you know you know what? I guess like it is a mismatch. I can't, I can't refute that. But at the end of the day, Ben Sennett's not catching a full, not catching a fade route. Your punter's not beating a left tackle as an edge rusher. Just. God, it pisses me off. I had to get that out. Not a hot take. It's just something that football people like to say and, like, feel good about themselves. But
1: It's not a hot take. It's a take.
2: <laughs> it's not a hot take. It's just logic, Gary. <laughs> Damn.
0: Wow. Okay. Yep. Uh, next. I can't find this Rotten Tomatoes list.
1: <laughs> What's your hot take, Beans? Um. All right. So my hot take is more of a Homer one. I wanted to save it for the Chiefs segment, but I was like, nah, this is probably a hot take for everybody. I think Lajarius Sneed would be the best safety on this roster if we let him play safety.
0: Ooh.
1: You could probably play safety
0: if we had James Bradbury on the roster.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, if we had the corners for him not to play corner.
0: <laughs> I, I feel know, like Gaines is about to end this video right fucking now. You can see it on his face if you're watching on YouTube. He is ready to fucking hit end the call. I just the most important thing is admitting. That, like,
2: just accepting. Would you feel better if we have James Bradbury on our roster right now?
1: All I'm saying is Jalen Watson has as many pick sixes as James Bradbury. So why not put Jalen Watson out there? Anyways. um, so (laughs) terrible reason. (laughs) I hate that you said that. (laughs) So Legereus Sneed has been blitzing, has been blitzing from corner 10% of the defensive snaps. Not 10% of his plays that he's in. 10% of the defensive snaps, and he is getting home on a third of them. Got Brady on? Yeah, and he could – you know how he got Brady on that? So Brady before got out of it because he sensed uh, LeJarius Sneed coming. The second time, Sneed, how he tricked Brady was – he was working on it. He was fixing his gloves. So that was his, like, little thing he caught on Brady was, like, fixing his gloves to make it seem like he wasn't going to blitz. Something as simple as that. And he, as soon as the play snapped, he went and got the sack. Anyways, he's getting home on a third of those. Could you imagine how much of a heat-seeking missile this guy would be coming in from 15 yards out? Like, I think he would be a better safety. He's great at coverage. He's good in the zone. And also his blitzing abilities and his tackle—he is a great tackler. Like mm-hmm. I think he scored like an 85% this last week against a really good Tampa Bay team. Like I, yeah, I I think he'd be a good safety. Maybe yeah, that's I- the long-term plan. I mean, I wouldn't. Hate I think going so. Corner again. I, I mean, corner is such a hard, very hard position to play. I think it's probably one of the harder positions on defense to play, and for him to be succeeding at it. 85 to a 90 percent grade on average is unreal so imagine him mm-hmm. playing safety where he's got room to cook yeah i just think it's one of those things where you know you can move him
0: to safety if, we get, if you get the requisite corners
1: yeah i yes. think that's kind
0: of the big thing um i don't know anything about the corner class in the 23 draft all i know is uh the running backs and the wide receivers and tight ends and quarterbacks because that's I, all i know too is the
1: but I think it's like the perfect time. Let Thornhill. I'm not. I don't want Thornhill to walk or anything. I hate to talk bad about him, but it just seems like the right fit in the transition period here where Thornhill walks out and Snead moves to the back.
0: Yeah. I. On that note, yeah, you got to think about who's on the way out. I mean, like, I hate to do this week five of the season. I know, but it's but- something like. I mean, those are things you have to start thinking about. I mean, like Juan Thornhill is probably a guy who doesn't get resigned.
1: Fenton, his contract's up. Like well,
0: Fenton might be a guy who gets like a one-year deal. Yeah. Just to like, cause we need bodies. But I mean, like, you know, we said it. We say it all the time. You know, when the quarterback contract kicks in, like guys, guys have to go. And you have to start hitting on draft picks. So, I don't know. We'll see about that one. At least uh, Cook looks good, though.
1: Ryan yeah. Go- Cook was go- good. Cook was playing the dime there as a dime linebacker and was just mm-hmm. – He was doing good. I was he had a really impressed. good pass breakup, too. He did. I was very pleased. Very pleased with uh, our secondary that game.
0: Well, gentlemen, we did it. We completed part two of an episode. Beans, I apologize for You guys all are going to make rain. me –
1: you're gonna make me drink tonight.
0: You know what? Maybe we just don't even need to post this until Friday. We can just say we have a w-
1: <laughs> you know what? You take you take the day off. You
0: take the night <laughs> off. Beans. My my video editing monkey. Beans are gonna make
2: video.
0: Beans post from Spotify. Beans wrong together. Uh-uh. Beans. Beans, beans, beans. in video editing. <laughs> Do it for the content, beans.
2: <laughs> Fucking iPad's about to just get obliterated.
0: <laughs> there it was! We got him, folks! There it was! We got him! Ladies and oh. gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> All right. Oh. <laughs> oh, shit. And that was completely worth what's going to end up being probably three hours of content, ladies and gentlemen. And it's oh. only two and a half. Who's counting? Not me. Anyways, we're gonna wrap it up here, ladies and gentlemen. My last word is beans. Go make video in Spotify now. Uh, beans, what do you got?
1: Nothing. Waters, waters, death. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, what you got?
2: Uh, I got two things. I wanna first know what Lauren is thinking upstairs, hearing Beans choking on himself downstairs, <laughs> just talking. <laughs> But I also just want to point out the uh, noted terrible person and terrible quarterback, Carson Wentz, PFF passing grade this season, 58.8. And Peyton Manning lookalike, Matt Ryan, at 59.3. So Ooh. the Colts have finally done it, folks.
0: They did it. They found their quarterback. Oh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for listening to the second part feature. We're going to keep the outro short and sweet, and we're to say Beans is Phone. We've already dropped the Twitter handle. Gavin has another word.
2: Can we get a gif of being spitting out the water, please? Oh I'll God, make yes. it. I'll make
0: it. He'll make <laughs> oh, it. Yeah. It'll be a gif. We can put it, you know, wherever we need to. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want that gif, we can sell it to you as an NTF. There's an NTF? NFT. NFT. It's an NFT. I butchered it. This outro cursed. So we're just going to leave you. Gavin's playing with his dog.